plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Thursday, September the 28th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, we're going to preview the New Orleans Saints game on Sunday in London, England at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Remember, that's 9.30 a.m. Eastern. It'll be 6.30 for me out here on the West Coast. And a close look at their tendencies and what we should expect Sunday morning in that game. We dive into the Twitter mailbag and answer your guys' questions. And I speculate on potential quarterbacks for 2018 not named Ryan Tannehill or Jay Cutler. But first, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tuned in wherever you get your podcast from. Drop us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review. Subscriptions, ratings, reviews, that's how podcasters are judged. The more we get, the higher we go up on the iTunes chart, the more it exposes us to more doll fans, and it helps the show grow and continue to keep going. Don't forget to check out the Lockdown Sports family of podcasts. Include the Lockdown NFL podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag and the Lockdown Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and follow the show at LockdownFins. And check out my website, 3rd10.com. The week three quarterback grades are coming up today, sometime before the Thursday night game. So check those out. All the film study and scouting reports you guys could need for the week three quarterback grades. And before we get into the episode today and talking about the New Orleans Saints on offense and defense and their film study, I went back and looked at profootballfocus.com to look at some of their their signature stats and some of their snap counts and that kind of stuff. And I wanted to push to you guys to tell you about the free PFF Edge subscription we are giving away one show or one per show per week, every week here on the podcast. It's a $40 value, NFL player grades, snap counts and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, PFF fantasy and NFL draft articles, team and player pages featuring those PFF stats. It's a great tool to have, guys. We'll be announcing those winners here pretty soon. I haven't quite got the full detail on that yet, but we'll have winners out for you guys soon. All you have to do is write us a review in the review section of the iTunes uh, Apple podcast section, I should say, and leave your Twitter handle in that review, and we will pick a winner from every show every week. A $40 value PFF Edge subscription, yours to win if you leave a review on the show. First, getting to the injury report for both teams, uh, the Wednesday injury report listed Saints tackle Teron Armstead did not practice on Wednesday, and it sounds like he is in jeopardy to miss the game. However, corner, rookie cornerback Marshawn Lattimore was a full participant after suffering a, a concussion last week, or excuse me, in week two, missing the week three game, and tackle Zach Streif uh, was a limited participant in practice today, so he should be good to go for the game, it sounds like. On the Dolphins' end... 
It sounds like they are mostly healthy. A few guys were limited participants in practice on Wednesday. Chase Allen, Kiko Alonso, Jakeem Grant, Ray Maluga, Eric Smith, and Kenny Stills. And then safety Nate Allen was a full participant after leaving the game on Sunday with an injury. And Mike Pouncey was as well, a full participant in practice. So sounds good from that front, from the injury front for the Dolphins. But let's dive into the Saints offense here a little bit. I've had a chance to go ahead and and look at some of their games on tape. I watch every pass of every game. That's part of the 3rd and 10 website that I run. But it starts with Drew Brees. It kind of always has. He is the the engine that makes that offense go, and he's he's still just as good as he ever has been. Even back when the Dolphins tried to sign him back in 2006, he is still accurate and pinpoint and and poised, and he can really delineate the the ball around to different parts of the offense and all over the field. And uses the backs and the tight ends and the receivers. Just a fantastic quarterback. Can throw the ball down the field. Can get him into a good running play. Can get him into a good screen play. He is going to be very difficult to deal with in this game, and. The three-headed monster behind him is is a stable of backs that he can really lean on. And the guy that a lot of people really pointed to in the offseason was Adrian Peterson. I was never a fan of him going there just because it doesn't really match their running style. And he's washed up. He didn't. He wasn't good when he was healthy last year. He hasn't been good for a couple of years now. He's 32 years old, so he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry on the season. Meanwhile, Mark Ingram is at 4.5 yards a carry, and Alvin Kamara, the rookie out of Tennessee, is at 5.8 yards per carry. Those guys, they're pretty scary options. Kamara only has 10 carries in the year, and Ingram has 28, but Kamara's a, a really a, a good pass-receiving threat as well, So, and as is Ingram, too. So those guys really do a good job of creating yards out of the backfield bull from the run in the pass game. So Dolphins linebacker's going to have to be on point. Lawrence Timmons' return going to have to be a, a big part of that, too, and kind of occupying those guys as free releases on the blitzing game so they can't get out and, and do their damage in the backfield. Drew Brees' favorite target once again, Michael Thomas, the uh, sophomore out of Ohio State, had a great rookie season and has been pretty productive so far this year, just not quite as much as last year. 221 yards through three games. He has been targeted 26 times. The next highest target is actually the running back Alvin Kamara with 18 Mark Ingram with 14, and then Kobe Fleener has 11. So he likes to throw the ball to the running backs and the tight ends, something I talked about a little bit on Twitter and, and kind of on the show throughout the week and and just kind of you know glossing over the New Orleans Saints offense. It's going to be a challenge for these linebackers to make sure that they can have the speed to spread the field. So it's really important, like I mentioned, that Lawrence Timmons comes back, but also that Chase Allen's out there doing his thing and, and maybe even Ray Maluga in the running game. I don't really know what he offers you in, in terms of the passing game, but it's good that the Dolphins are getting a full complement of their linebackers back this week because they're really going to be tested with those running backs and tight ends, and it's kind of a scary matchup for the Dolphins. And then you look at Michael Thomas as a guy that he can really do his damage on the underneath stuff. He's more of a possession receiver and a lot of in-breaking routes too where he kind of takes a you know a dig or a slant or a, a shallow cross, which is a tough route to cover in the first place, but Byron Maxwell really struggles on those routes in, in particular. So those guys, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Kobe Fleener, Mark Ingram, they all really scare the crap out of me if I'm being completely honest with this defense. I think that this might be the week the defense kindly or finally starts to kind of break a little bit. They've held up from a points allowed standpoint against the Chargers and Jets so far, just nineteen and, or just seventeen and twenty points in those two games respectively. You know, that's that's about a what, 18 or 18 and a half points per game average, which is pretty good for a defense. But I think this is the game where the levy finally breaks. Drew Brees, like I mentioned, elite quarterback, the offensive line. They haven't been fantastic this year, but they've done enough to you know keep Drew Brees upright. He does a good job of getting the getting rid of the ball quickly, which I think he will do this week to mitigate that pass rush and, and get the ball into the running back's hands quickly to get their running backs in space one-on-one with the linebackers. And I, I don't think that you know Cam Wake is going to have his opportunities like he did against the Jets or on the opposite side, Andre Branch or Charles Harris or Will Hayes or whoever it might be. I think Breeze and his his cerebral approach to the game can kind of mitigate that a little bit. So I expect the Saints offense to have a lot of success, a lot of success on Sunday. 
they're already over in London. They, they seem like they might be a little more well-prepared for this, a little less traveled at the moment. They were on the road on Sunday against the Panthers and handled business in Carolina over the Panthers, their division rival, while the Dolphins are reeling off of that Jets loss. And it's kind of a tipping point for the Dolphins at this point. Will they kind of respond from that game, or will they go back to going or to being a team that doesn't quite have its identity figured out yet on offense and on defense? So Saints offense, I expect them to score a lot of points in this game. But will the Dolphins' offense be able to keep up with them and this poor Saints defense? If the Dolphins' offense shows up, they should have no problem matching the Saints' score for score in what could be a shootout game. Now, the player that I'm most interested in keeping an eye on in this one is Jay Ajayi, the running back for the Dolphins. We all know what he can do and what he can bring. Going back to London and play a game in his hometown is a really cool story for him and a cool story for those fans. That's going to be a really charged-up building to see him get going. And if he does... You could see him really take over that game and, and kind of the Dolphins feed off of his energy. So I think that Ajay is the, the driving force that keeps this game close. I think he's going to have a big day, another 100-yard day for Ajay Ajay because the Saints don't have those penetrating defensive tackles and defensive ends that the Jets did who kind of crossed the Dolphins' defense, or offensive line's face and got into the backfield and blew up plays and sent linebackers to the right gaps and disrupted that outside zone the Dolphins love to run with Jay Ajay. So I think he's going to get going in this game. I think that will open up the passing game as they attack some of these cornerbacks and, and the Saints' struggles there that they've had for a number of years now. They really don't do a good job covering on the edges and the perimeter. Marshawn Lattimore being back helps them, but with the Dolphins having the three options they have in Stills, Landry, and Parker, they should be able to attack those corners that they kind of like to play a man-free or, or man-two type of looks where they will have one sa- single high safety and challenge you at the line of scrimmage on one side or, or fall off on the other side. And they, they really vary their looks. So look for Jay Cutler to kind of have a variety of options on Sunday and, and find either of the three guys. I'm not really sure who's going to have the best game. If I had to make a guess at this point, I would say Devontae Parker has the best game of the three just because of his size mismatch with these smaller Saints corners they have. So Devontae Parker needs to get going in this game. Hopefully the tight ends get into the mix a little bit. I think there's going to be more tight end sets like I talked about on the – uh, on Wednesday's show with more Jay Ajayi being a focus in this game. So I think the Dolphins' offense can kind of hang for a little bit, but ultimately in the end, I think that the Saints' offense will be too much for the Dolphins to handle, and I think that this will be a game that really sets the Dolphins back in terms of reevaluating what they're all about as a team this year. So my prediction for Sunday's game is going to be Saints 41 Dolphins 28, and it kind of gets pulled away there late at the end. It's a close game going into the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins just kind of lose it towards the end of the game. So 41-28 Saints is my prediction. I am sorry to announce that. That's what I'm going with. But if there's anything to look forward to, it's the fact that I am 0-2 on the year picking Dolphins games. I had us losing to the Chargers and beating the Jets. So what do I know? What does anybody know about this crazy league that we all follow so much? All right, you're listening to the Locked On Dolphins podcast with your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL. We are going to get into the Twitter mailbag, but first got to hear a word from mybookie.ag. Again, this is the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List. All right, guys, welcome back into the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You know, one thing that I get asked about a lot online or through friends from personal friendships and stuff 
is who do I bet on? You know, what team do you have this week? You taking the favorite, you taking the dog, you taking the over, the under. Well, let me tell you this where you bet, it's just as important as who you bet on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in business for years and the reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts, just two days or just two business days on those payouts. You know who's going to win the game, right? Lay some cash down and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and mybookie will join will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On to activate the off the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's get into one of my favorite segments we do on the show here. It's the Twitter mailbag. And if you guys want to reach out to me on Twitter, it's at WingfieldNFL or at LockedOnFins to ask me a question. I usually will do this on Sundays, but this week you guys know that I was sick and didn't record the podcast right away on Sunday night. I will have the podcast up for you late Sunday night or Monday morning if you want to listen to it on the way to work. But ask me a question about the game on Sunday. I'll answer on the podcast Sunday night on the Five Takeaways episode. But this week I asked the question a little bit later, and I got two responses. First one from Jordan T. That's at T 24 And he asked, would you expect the Saints D to keep us in the game for the entire game, or is Dolphins offense going to have to be special to keep up? I kind of talked about that in the preview a little bit, but just to kind of go back into it, I think they are going to have to be. And like I said, the Dolphins right now just seem like they're a team that's distracted. And Adam Gaze promised you that he wasn't going to let it be, you know, an issue. And that the Dolphins back in 1992 had a game one suspension due to a hurricane and they were okay. Ended up going to the AFC championship game. Adam Gaze has all the right things, but the reality is that these guys are tired. They're, they're, you know, distracted. They're missing their home. They haven't been at their own practice field very much at all. So the fact that they're in London right now, or they're in Miami practicing for a game in London and their body clocks are going to be used to the East Coast time. They're going to be playing at 9.30, 9.30 in the morning. It just seems like a like a recipe for disaster. And I think that the Dolphins' offense is going to have to do to be special to keep up with the Saints' offense. Because as I mentioned at the top of the show, Drew Brees, he is, at this moment, he's still just as good as he ever was. He's been so accurate and so good down the field and in the short game. So I fully expect a 40-burger from the Saints. Can the Dolphins' offense do that? I think they're capable of it but I'm not going to predict it until I see it happen because there just seems to be so much rust with Jay Cutler, and then I think they're a team that wants to run the ball too. So if they can get that passing game going, it's possible. I just don't think it's going to happen. Question number two comes from Felaci, I think is how I say it. I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong. It's at Felaci1. Anything stood out about Cutler and the loss versus the Jets that could have a possibility of becoming a recurring problem throughout the season? That's a great question, and I, I think a resounding yes. There is a number of things that could be resounding problems. And it's Jay Cutler's sloppy mechanics. And they really showed up a lot in that game on Sunday. And he got hit once on a sack that he he had a chance to step up in the pocket and he faded back and got sacked and landed on a shoulder. And from that moment forward, he did not have he did not have any interest in taking any more hits like that or dealing with pressure in his face. So he kind of was throwing off of his back foot. He gets those those where he whips his arm and doesn't really use his lower lower half to generate power, which is what all good quarterbacks do the opposite of what he does. They use they use that lower half to generate power, and he doesn't really do that. So I think that a recipe for disaster is this offensive line breaking down. Larry Tunzel continue to play bad. If Mike Pouncey gets injured or Juwan James gets injured and there's pressure from all over the place, those mechanics are going to get worse and worse and worse, and then at some point he's going to get hurt because he's not the most durable quarterback from that from that standpoint. So I think that 
poor offensive line protection could lead to sloppy mechanics, could lead to an injured quarterback, could lead to Matt Moore, could lead to ineffective offense in general. So to answer your question, yes, there are some things that could be a recurring problem throughout the season. All right, moving on to the next segment here. If you guys follow me on Twitter, at Wingfield NFL, you know I've been floating around the idea of different quarterbacks and different potential options for the Dolphins moving forward. I love Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a very good player. I think he could do a lot of good things in this league. But the uncertainty of the knee, the big contract, and the fact that he's never really had that statistical breakout season. I think that last year was his breakout season. He played very well last year, but he hasn't really won over the national crowd, so to speak. I know Adam Gaze doesn't worry about that, but you have to wonder how much they think they can get from him after the knee injury and if it's something they can trust going forward. And I think he can be fine, but if you can make an upgrade, you have to do it, right? So one of the things I was looking at today was I was looking into Drew Brees' contract because Drew Brees is a free agent after the end of the year. Based on the way they structured his contract, he can basically get out on his own after 2018 without the ability to franchise tag him, and he can choose whoever he wants to go to. I would think it was something he wanted to do in case the Saints ran to the problem they're looking at right now. Three consecutive years are 7-9. and nine. Right now they're 1-2 and two going into the game against Miami, ironically. And if they don't make the playoffs, Sean Payton's going to be fired. There's, I think there's no question about that. He's been me- mediocre for a while now, kind of the new Jeff Fisher. So Drew Brees, at that point, I think definitely walks out and tries to go get himself a ring. And I actually posed the question to Ian Wharton, who's at NFL Film Study on Twitter, and he is a Bleacher Report writer, and he also used to cover the Dolphins as well. So he's very plugged in. And he mentioned that he has heard around the league that there are three teams that are interested in the idea of Drew Brees at the end of the season. Washington Redskins, Denver Broncos, and your own Miami Dolphins. So if they pursue Drew Brees, he'll be 39 in January. And I know everyone gets a little bit antsy about that age and how old he is, but you look at Tom Brady at age 40, what he's doing. You look at what Peyton Manning did at the end of his line there with the Broncos, and Drew Brees is in that same mindset of health and same frame of health where he is really taking care of his body and maybe using a little bit of performance enhancers I'm using air quotes but you can't see it because this is a podcast obviously but I think that he uses a lot of stuff to keep his body healthy and I think that he could have at least two three more years where he's a elite level quarterback and if that's the case guys if you have Drew Brees at his elite level with Adam Gaze one of the all-time great quarterback coaches that there is in this league I think you have to take that chance and if you can get that and you can get Tannehill's numbers off the books and bring in Brees for that high number and then you approach the draft like you're trying to find your guy of the future because there are a lot of guys in this draft class that will be available if they all if they all declare. And the chances of the Dolphins picking in the middle of that first round with one of those guys falling to them, there's a likelihood of that. Or even the second round, maybe Josh Allen from Wyoming continues his poor, his poor junior season he's having right now in terms of stats and poor production around him. His talent level is so high that you would want to take a chance on him at that spot. I think that would be a, a really ideal situation if you got out from Tannehill or Jay Cutler. So just speculation on my part, thinking about Drew Brees and having a third crack at him now since we passed him in the 2001 draft class, didn't sign him in 2006, maybe a third chance here to work with Adam Gaze, a chance at a ring. I think the one thing that really holds the Dolphins back if that were to become a possibility is the fact that we play in Tom Brady's division still, and he'll probably be here for those last two or three years that Drew Brees would be here as well. So not sure if Brees would want to do that. But I think that's a possibility next year. We'll get into that more into the offseason. But just keep an eye on that. Keep something to keep a, to think about. And, you know, if they don't bring Tannehill back, that's certainly an option. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check out thirdand10.com for the quarterback grades. I will be back Monday with the five takeaways episode from the Sunday game in London against the New Orleans Saints for the Locked On Dolphins podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag. Your daily dose of Dolphins football fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.